horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. Feel free to pull down the podcast at any time. All right, uh, got a lot on our plate. We'll see how much we can get out. Probably end up leaving some of it uh, on the uh, board here. But uh, some really good racing coming up this week. Uh, Again, it's getting to be crunch time for Kentucky Derby and Kentucky Oaks points so we're seeing more and more races with bigger purses but more important than that to many is the fact that this is their chance to get into the starting gate for the kentucky derby or the kentucky oaks uh tom law has been with us many times he's a great guy uh he's been the president of the national turf riders association uh he's uh you know won eclipse awards uh you know he uh now is hooked up with the Clancy Brothers with S and T Publishing. Puts out the Saratoga uh, Special. Uh, you know, former editor of the Thoroughbred Record, and uh, so Tom's been around, lived in Kentucky, but he's an upstate New York guy. He's back up there now. I saw a post yesterday, and he's in a couple feet of snow, so he didn't have anything to do but come on the show with me. So Tom Law is going to be with us now. One thing, you know, the, the site that uh, he they use as their platform uh, on digital is thisishorseracing.com. Write that down, because if you're not doing it, Tom and probably the combination of the Clancy Brothers put together a menu every Saturday called the Saratoga Special. And what it does is it breaks down from your morning coffee, what's going on over in Ireland and England at that time, to uh, to uh, what's going to happen as we start the day in New York. Now, they'll definitely name and talk a little bit about each stakes race. The good thing is they tell you what time. So if you've got a specific race you want to watch or you got a couple TVs going, you know, you'll know what's coming up next uh, thanks to uh, thisishorseracing.com. And Tom does a great job doing that. But he also finds some races that are just of special interest, you know, a, a full sibling or a half sibling to a famous racehorse is going to make its debut and he lets you know about it so that's tom law he's going to be our handicapper at the bottom of the hour before that we're going to bring in linda dyer now linda has a very unique job in the thoroughbred world in that she's in prison no she's not in prison well she goes to prison every day that's where she works at the blackburn correctional institution in kentucky and what she does is for the thoroughbred retirement fund is she works with the horses that are retired to their facility at blackburn and she works with the inmates there teaching them horsemanship teaching them respect for the animal and teaching them how to work with a horse uh, particularly an older horse how to keep them happy and healthy so we're going to find out not only the physical benefits for the horses but the emotional benefits for the prisoners there at Blackburn Correctional with Linda Dyer Um, Danny Pearlswig passed away 91 years old Uh, from everybody I know that knew him they said he was quite the character Uh, you know he uh had uh, champion Lord Avey. That was his big hoss. 
Uh, and uh, he channeled his inner Joe Namath before the Florida Derby and guaranteed Lord Avey would win that race for three-year-olds at Gulfstream. And he would prove precedent as Lord Avey bested Acuri by four and a half lengths. So he goes, hey, you know, I gets beat a little bit and I go from hero to bum um, in the Fountain of Youth. He was a World War II veteran. Uh, now, that wasn't the only good horse he had. He had Arlene's Valentine, a winner of four stakes, a horse that I bred to one time, Do It Again Dan, and that created a track record setter for me and my partners called Do It Again Dancer at the legendary Beulah Park. <laughs> he turned out to be a pretty good sprinter, Do It Again Dancer, but he was a son of Do It Again Dan, the Danny Pearlswig trained, and he also had... Uh, uh, Willie Mood, who won three stakes in 84. So we will miss Danny Pearlswig. Uh, moving along from there, uh, had just wanted to remind everybody that uh, the easy win forms are up on our site at Winning Ponies. And uh, it's going to be a very busy weekend on the easy win forms, they kind of help you give you a little shortcut if you can't cover all those races that are listed on This Is Horse Racing. Um, some of the winners they had uh, just last week, of course, a lot of eyes were on uh, Tampa Bay Downs. And uh, they came away with a nice uh, $1 Super 5 just uh, five days ago that paid 1956 the following day, 1940 for another $1 Super 5. Uh, that was at Laurel, but at Tampa Bay, uh, March 3rd was a good day there. The $1 Super 5 for $2,043 and a big winner, Gulfstream Park on the 7th. That was yesterday. $1 Super 5 key, $4,397. So come on over to winningponies.com. Check it out. Get your easy win forms. They do a lot of the work for you, and there's a lot of racing to be had. All right, let's take a look at some of the other uh, news of of the week. And how about Winks? I've been telling you about this horse way down yonder. Australia's Supermare scored her 16th Group One win by seven lengths. What a story she is! It's so great that they're keeping her in training. So it was her 23rd win overall. 16 at group ones that's unbelievable she's a daughter street cry and uh, just pretty much you know blew him away uh the six-year-old was taken to the back next to last and then just came on and ran away from the other ones so it'll be interesting to see if uh, uh if she goes to dubai or royal ascot all of those options are out there but uh it would be really fun to see her travel a little bit now also across the pond mendelssohn you may recall that horse. He won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile and then was sent back uh, to Europe by trainer Aidan O'Brien. Now, uh, he won uh, his last race impressively. But before that, think about this. He was a $3 million purchase at the Keeneland September sale. And he's a half-brother to Beholder, <laughs> the great champion, and the grade one winner who's turned into a really good sire into mischief Mendelssohn is a half brother to boat and he looks like he leads the road to kentucky derby points races over in europe now 
somebody he won't have to contend with, it looks like, is Gronkowski. Uh, not the football player, but the horse. So uh, Gronkowski could either start in the bluegrass or the wood memorial. Uh, his trainer, Jeremy Noseda, said that uh, it's time to find out if he's going to compete at the highest levels now on the dirt. So uh, that race at Kempton was good, but he's going to bring him over here. He says he's he's leaning towards the Toyota Bluegrass at Keeneland, but the Wood Memorial is an option. Both of those races are scheduled for April 7th. So Gronkowski, he is named after the football player. And if you've seen him like the football player, he is a big, huge, athletic competitor so uh you know no just said you know it just makes so much sense he says if we, if we win at keeneland we can stay there prep for the derby he, he likes the fact that there's the main track up for the grandstand is dirt if you haven't been there i hope you have and but there's a lower training track that's made of poly track so if it's raining you get bad weather you go on the poly and uh other than that you know you just go on the main track the main thing is getting them used to dirt and getting them close to Churchill Downs. Well, can't let this go without giving a shout-out to my good friend Perry Oots. He rode his 50,000th career race. What have you done in your life 50,000 times besides maybe blink or smile? Unbelievable. And by the way, blinking and smiling are not death-defying feats. <laughs> so Perry is just unbelievable. 50,000 thousand races uh he, he's just age of 63 and uh, he won the title at belterra park by like 50 wins over the next rider all right let's go back to last week's races uh of course the big one being the fountain of youth uh, we told you that dale romans had three horses in here and of course it was the debut of good magic last year's two-year-old champion colt and a lot of people were saying, you know, he might just need a tightener and might be going for the win. Well, Dale Romans, with promises fulfilled, went wire to wire, putting in a strong finish on the front end. A son of Shackelford that uh, Romans trained. And so five wins for Irad Ortiz that day. Promises fulfilled, paid 38.40. In the second spot was Strike Power, another horse we looked at strong. Trained by Mark Hennig, came into this race two for two, but they were sprints. But he did stretch out well. It was very impressive. And Good Magic, again, had to settle for third. So it'll be interesting to see where Chad Brown goes with his champion. Also down at Gulfstream Park, we had Kentucky Oaks points. And the winner in there was Fly So High. Had to work high, hard, was kept outside by... Uh, take charge Paula right out of the gate. So, But that was mostly on the backstretch, so it really didn't lose all of that much ground. So uh, Fly So High got the job done at 7-5. to five. Jose Ortiz in the saddle. Uh, in the second spot was Take Charge Paula at 5-2. to two. And third was Heaven Has My Nikki, the Buckeye bred, who took the lead turning for home but got a little bit tired in the final 16th. So, again, that was the Devana Dale, grade two, and they get Oaks points. And then uh, we closed out our handicapping segment with the Mac DeMarta. And the winner in there, at nine to five from last to first, beautiful ride. 
by Julian Le Paru at 9 to 5, gets the job done on Sadler's Joys. And the second spot was one go, all go at 12 to 1. And third was Nessie just holding off Oscar nominated. So that's a look at the races that we handicapped last week. Uh, do want to note that uh, the current leading uh, Oaks Point leaders uh, came out of the Santa Isabel, and that was Midnight Bizu. A good week for Midnight Loot the Sire because Midnight Disguise, that filly won the Busher Stakes. So both of those horses are right there. At the top of the leaderboard for the Kentucky Oaks. All right, that's a look at what we looked at last week and some national news, international news. We are going to take a little bit of a break right here. And when we come back, as I told you, we're going to be talking to Linda Dyer, who is a very unique position in horse racing. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, a first-time starter... It's Linda Dyer with the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation, and uh, she has a very unique position in that she's involved with horses at the Blackburn Correctional Institution. She has a great background in horsemanship, but her job right now, very unique, uh, but not one I don't know anything about. I happen to 
find out about her by reading a story about one of my favorite horses, Phantom on Tour. He was such a cool cucumber. Loved that horse. He ended up at the farm and, and sad to wait. He was uh, euthanized a couple weeks ago. I'm sure that Linda has some stories about him. Linda Dyer, welcome to Winning Ponies. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Okay, well, let's just kind of rewind a little bit because uh, you don't get to work the position you are unless you know a little bit about the animal itself. Uh, sounds like you've done uh, just about a little bit of everything in the business. Yes, I grew up riding and loving horses and um, lived in Lexington, Kentucky, and loved the hunter jumpers and worked for people that local people, the McKinney's growing up, and learned a lot from them, and then uh, went on into thoroughbreds and breaking and galloping and prepping and breeding mares, foaling mares, and the whole thoroughbred business, managing farms. Now, um, so... For a long time. So what's interesting is, is after going through all that horsemanship, you said you needed some retirement, and uh, you ended up uh, going into the police business. I worked for the Kentucky State Police for four and a half years. And then uh, I did security for them. And then I, they had me on second shift. And I'm a morning person, <laughs> day person. And so I was starting to look for another farm to manage. And then I saw this on the job site, the thoroughbred retirement at Blackburn, and I thought, oh, that's good, so I applied, and I got that job, and I've been there, it'll be 13 years in May. Wow. And uh, it's, you know, turned, I turned it into a program. They, when I started there, it was basically just a job for the inmates to come down and work at the farm with the horses, but I feel like they needed a little bit better education to be able to be employed on a thoroughbred farm. So I wrote a teaching program, and uh, I teach them, try to teach them just about everything there is for them to know to work on a farm. And it's well, turned uh, out pretty successful. Well, let's just say, you know, I was in, uh, I'm in jail. Of course, for many years I was in jail, but I just want people to know that I was the director <laughs> of the correctional institution <laughs> and I had yes, a key to get in and out as I please. That's a side of my life. A lot of people don't know about or believe, but I have the plaque when I retired to show them. And, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a different kind of setting, but I'm guessing that the, the, the people that you get, uh, have a shown that they can be trusted and B, have shown some interest in horses. You never want to force somebody to work with a horse. So tell me, what's the process, uh, Linda Dyer, of getting somebody into your program? How are they recommended or how do they apply so that they can start working with you before they get out? They have to have uh, their GED or high school diploma, and they have to have six months before they see the parole board because it's a six-month program. And if they have a desire to work with the horses, then I will accept them. And I have, I'm allowed to have 18 people at one time. 
then, um, so they start. I mean, I have had some that tell me they're a little bit leery of the horses in the beginning. They've never, ever worked with horses before. But they sometimes end up being the best horsemen when it's all said and done. But uh, it's very interesting, you know. Everybody learns at their own different speed. So it's it's uh, can be a little challenging sometimes, but it's it's pretty good. They um, most of them are pretty interested in the horses, and they learn a lot of uh, responsibility and compassion. Our, yes. We have our herd's getting very old. We have uh, thirty-six horses over twenty, <laughs> and we have ten horses over twenty-five, and we have forty-seven head of horses right now. So um, they learn a lot of compassion because a lot of these horses are older now, and they uh, require a lot of extra care. Sure. Um, now, I mentioned earlier, Phantom on Tour, he, he was a, a pretty known horse, a, a graded stakes winner. Um, let's talk just a little bit about him, because I know he's recently okay. departed. Um, I was around him when he was racing. I was around with him after he retired, and he was like the house horse at Churchill Downs, and they would bring him over to the Kentucky Derby Museum, and it was kind of like he was kid-friendly. People could pet him and you know, feed him a carrot, and he never spooked. I mean, when you first got Phantom on tour, what was your feeling? I mean, did you, did you all of a sudden say, wow, there's something special about this horse? Oh, yeah. He, he was a very classy horse. And he, uh, you know, he had been exposed to so many people. He just, not many things fazed him. And he loved to be groomed. The girl that had taken care of him up at the museum was, you know, she was great with him and kept him perfect. And um, so he had, you know, he had very nice manners for being groomed. And uh, But, you know, he was quite a character. He was um, very, he can be very sweet most of the time, and then every once in a while, you know, if you if you rubbed his neck wrong, he could be grouchy. But uh, he was, you know, he had gotten EPM, and uh-huh. they treated him extens- extensively for that, uh-huh. and that's why they retired him from the museum because he he affected his limb control just a little bit. And uh, towards the end, when he you know got a little older, and his ankles started bothering him a little more, and then. Um, he would get, he would lay down downhill in the paddock, and most horses won't do that, but the, it messes their equilibrium up a little bit sometimes in their brain. So he the guys five guys would go out there and give him a little push, and he would to help him get up, and he would get up and act like oh thanks a lot and trot off. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty funny, but he. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what ended up doing him in. He ended up having seizures, and that's why we put him to sleep. But he, um, you know, he was a lot of fun, and he taught a lot of people how to be a horseman because, you know, he would let them groom them every day and pick their feet, and um, sometimes they'd hand graze him a little bit extra just because they uh-huh. wanted to even though he's turned out. 
in the daytime. And he's always uh, very pampered. You know, we kept him in during the night and out during the day. And when the weather changed from summer to summer, we'd keep him in during the day and turn him out at night. So he nice. had a lot of special care. Well, he, he deserved it. He was a very, very cool horse. He was an Ohio champion. Now, um, in, in working with these men, I mean, have you seen some guys come in that were kind of tentative, and then all of a sudden one day there's kind of an epiphany, and the light goes on, and you see that all of a sudden they go like, hey, I'm really liking this, and I'm getting I'm getting some uh, something out of this. It's not just me taking care of a horse. It's like that horse is giving me a good vibration. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they the, they like coming to the barn and, and uh, taking care of the horses because they feel like they're away from the yard. And they just, you know, they really enjoy. And you see them hugging on the horses and they feed them mints. I have to warn them to sometimes, you know, not to feed them too many because they'll buy huge packets of mints. But, uh, yeah, and, and then one was telling me the other day, he said, you know, he thinks this one horse is his big buddy and, he said, I can tell him anything. <laughs> and he just, you know, he says on the way out to his paddock, he talks to him every day. And so it's really good therapy that, for people. That, that, is, that is neat. Well, you know, there's that old saying, I think it's attributed to uh, Winston Churchill, there's nothing better for the inside of a man than the outside of a horse. Exactly. Um, and, and it is so true because I used to take my inmates uh, to a local uh, you know, therapeutic riding institute. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, these were big old, tough, bad street dudes. And all of a sudden, you'd get them in there, and they'd turn into these big, mellow fellows that, uh, <laughs> number one, had oh, respect yeah. for the horse, and number two, saw the benefits that young handicapped children were getting from riding horseback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it's any kind of animal therapy is good for people. But, you know, it's it's hilarious. I mean, sometimes I wish I could tape some of them, you know, the way they're talking to the horses. <laughs> and they talk to them, and they're down there just like they talk sometimes to a baby. Or, you know, it's it's really interesting. And uh, and it gives, you know, some of them confidence. I have one now that's a little leery of the horses. And when he said, I'm kind of afraid of them. And I said, well, you'll get used to them. And if you don't, you know, you don't have to stay here. But he right. uh, now he leads an old mare around, and she has to wear boots, so he puts her little boots on in the morning when he turns <laughs> her out. And, you know, he's, he's, his confidence is growing, so it's good to see. That's great. Well, I'm so happy to hear that, uh, you know, uh, the TRF has created such a program. I know that they've got different projects around the country, and it's great because uh, these older horses, uh, you know, need need the respect and the care uh, that the TRF can give them. But this program is a very, very unique. And for as many years as you've been working there, Alinda, um, my, my hat's off to you. You're doing a great job. And uh, I could tell from listening to your voice the, I can that you're getting something out of it, too. It, it's rewarding. You know, I, I love horses, and I was taught by really, really good people, good horsemen. And I really enjoy sharing that with people and and you know the way i look at it they will take better care of the horses that they come across in their lifetime even if these men don't go and get a job on a farm i tell them well you know if you don't plan on making a career out of it if your if your children want to ride then you know you'll know how to take care of their horse or pony so it, (laughs) it it 
comes hand in hand. You know, it's it's uh, and I've had guys that got out and got jobs on big farms, and they were very pleased with them and how much Great. they knew. So it's a successful program in that respect, and that's what it's for. You know, it's to teach them a skill to get a job when they get out. But I it love it. Well, them a, a lot of different things. Great job, Linda Dyer. Well, we're coming to the bottom of the segment. I want to thank you so much for being on and for sharing that uh, with us. And uh, I I know some people might be Googling Blackburn Correctional Institution right now just to learn more (laughs) about the program. Thanks so much for taking the time and being on the show with us. We've been talking with Linda Dyer. Who, who runs the equine program for the TRF at Blackburn Correctional. And uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here. When we come back, we're going to be talking to my man, Law, Thanks. Tom Law. <laughs> The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and with me right now, Tom Law, the man that is responsible for getting me out of shoveling snow, out of mowing the lawn, out of cleaning out the basement, cleaning out the garage, taking my car for an oil change, because those are things I normally do on a Saturday. But now Tom has come up with this concept of the Saratoga Special, where he lays out through this horseracing.com this marvelous menu of things that happen every Saturday, starting with your cup of coffee, watching horses go over hurdles somewhere in Europe or Ireland, and then all of a sudden that'll lead into not just a stakes race, but maybe some... uh, 
you know, unique race that has, you know, a half brother, a half sister to a champion that's making its maiden debut in the third race at Aqueduct. Um, all the way through the rest of the day, through the various stakes races, and it's just sensational because he doesn't just give you a listing of the race, uh, gives a little synopsis of each one and why it's interesting to watch, uh, right up to the nine o'clock race at Turfway Park with Wesley Ward bringing a horse in from Royal Ascot, which he won easily, by the way. Um, you know, and so my day is filled because of this is horseracing.com. Tom Law, how you doing? I'm doing great, John. Thanks for the uh, awesome introduction. You you uh, you're hired to be our number one marketing rep. Uh, hopefully, you can. <laughs> I am. appreciate it. One of these years, I'm going to come up to Saratoga, and you're going to have to let me sleep on the couch at S and T Publishing. Okay. I already told you. You got the open invite, man. I was hoping to see you up here last summer. Uh, it didn't come through, but you know we're uh, we're ready for 2018. We uh, we hopefully will have some room on the couch. We occasionally have uh, guests here and there that that do show up uh sometimes they bring us some uh liquid refreshment sometimes they bring food sometimes they don't bring anything but uh they're always welcome i'm very low maintenance and i do bring <laughs> bring uh food and adult beverages so uh n- not a problem awesome. i'm easy to maintain tom <laughs> uh awesome. and you know i am finally getting the you know i started my new job uh about 14 months ago, and I've got yeah. things under control. You know, I've had my first sale. I've had my first stallion season. I've had my first yeah. awards banquet. So everything was new. So now at least I've ridden that pony before, and I'm actually going to, in a couple of weeks, take my first vacation in four years. And oh, so, right. you know, hey, you know, you, sooner or later, you got to do it. You got to clear your head. So we're having Absolutely. a mini thing. Like, yeah, it's great. It's great. So maybe, Congrats. maybe yeah. you know, as, as I told you years ago, you know, the Traverse Stakes used to be – for the Engelhardt family, a holy race of obligation, and yeah. wherever wherever you were, the Engelharts, whether you were in Buffalo, Boston, you know, uh, D.C., you made it up for the Travers, and that was our family reunion. It was fantastic, mm-hmm. and really no well, better place you, to you know, you could always come this time of year. It's uh, very exciting in Saratoga this time of year. Yeah, if you like to um, shovel. I saw your Twitter feed the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we got a little bit of snow from the nor'easter uh, last week. We had a little bit, and uh, this week we got a little bit. I think there's some parts of some parts of the country were a little worse. I think Joe Clancy down in uh, SD Publishing headquarters down near Fairhill and Wilmington, Delaware, they got a lot more than we did. But uh, we got a good snow cover on the ground. We had no snow for about oh two weeks, and it was kind of getting glorious. You know, I was kind of thinking spring. Oh, yeah. You know, you get kind of carried away and you start getting ahead of yourself. And then I knew we were going to get snow in March. We did last year, and now, of course, we did again uh, yesterday. It even snowed a little bit more today, and it's just kind of looking at the radar. I'm kind of getting obsessed with the weather channel radar. I'm just, like, watching it too much. It's almost like uh, leading up to a big race day. You kind of want to – you're worried that it's going to rain, like last year at the Derby. Yeah, you start to think you got your uh, degree in media urology. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Just one more, one more thing to worry about, right? <laughs> but uh, anyhow, it's an exciting time of year. That's why I wanted to get you on yeah. because you know this is when you know, you put the pot of water on and the the eggs are starting to boil. You know it hasn't boiled mm-hmm. yet, um, but you, mm-hmm. you know that the heat's coming. You know, and absolutely, uh, so absolutely. The, the, the points are starting to pile up. Uh, I've got to admit, you know, uh, the Fountain of Youth last week, very interesting race, all eyes on good magic. But I will say, as I read around the world, 
world. A lot of handicappers are saying, you know, if you ever want to bet against the champion, this would be the race to do it. He might be using it as a prep, and he might just not be tight enough. And uh, for sure, that was it. Meanwhile, Dale Romans, he's been ranking up his horses pretty good. He was smart enough to drop free drop Billy out of the race, making room for an aspiring son of Shackelford. Promises fulfilled. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. from flag fall to that's all in the fountain of youth, he was pretty impressive mm-hmm. and put in a strong finish. He was. Yeah, it was a good race, I thought. Uh, you know, a lot of people kind of poo-pooed it. Uh, some people poo-pooed it a little bit, saying the track is kind of speed-favoring and, and whatever. But, uh, you know, he did it the right way, and I, I don't know that it necessarily has to run that way. And uh, But uh, that was a nice race, and like you said, good magic. I mean, that that probably was the time to, to bet against him. Um coming off a little bit of a layoff. I mean, Chad usually has him kind of ready to win uh, off a layoff like that, but obviously the ultimate goal is, is further on down the road, so maybe not completely uh, cranked up. And, you know, it sounds like he came out of the race okay and everything, so he'll he'll show up again in another spot and probably, you know, I'm guessing the Florida Derby down the road. Right, right. I'm guessing so, too. That should be interesting because uh, that strike power got a wake-up call. You know, the horse that Mm -hmm. had just been sprinting, a lot of people scratching their head. I think it's kind of cool that somebody, you know, like the old school is using a, 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 shall I call it a sprint, seven furlong race to tighten a horse up, you know, for the triple crown tail. Uh, And Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In the old days, a lot, all the guys did it, you know. I won't say all, yeah. but, you know, the majority of them did. It's like, hey, just because I'm going to go, be going a mile and a quarter on May 4th doesn't mean I got to go around two turns in my uh, earliest days as a three-year-old. And, you know, he, he put in a nice race. And, you know, but again, he might have his limitations. I know uh, uh, Town is primarily mm-hmm. known as a sprint sire, but he's got Medaglioro on the bottom. You know, horse that mm-hmm, won the Traveler's mm-hmm. Stake. So, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's going to be fun. You know, and things are getting that way. And then we got these European horses. I, I uh, just found out that Gronkowski is coming over here for like most probably the bluegrass. I may see you there. And, yeah, uh, right. you know, so we're going to see some of these European horses come over. Uh, so the, the picture's getting very, very interesting. I love it. I really do this time of year. Absolutely. And then it's going to, you know, it's going to significantly change after. Uh, after Saturday, I know we're going to get into get into these races a little bit later, but uh, you know we certainly have a lot to a lot to cover uh, in the Saturday special, like you mentioned, uh, which was is you know throwing a plug for Pin Oak Stud has been a great supporter of ours yes. uh, through the years, and they obviously sponsor the the Saturday special. And I got to give credit to uh, Sean Clancy; he actually he actually came up with the idea. Um, and he and I work on that together every week. Sean usually handles the, uh, jump races and a lot of the European flat races right. that go on all, all summer, spring, summer, and fall. Uh, I will occasionally dip my toe in to do some of the, uh, jump races. And, uh, he kind of laughs at me, I think sometimes at my, uh, my handicap, but I can handicap the jump over in the U S pretty well. So, um, I don't know about pretty well, but almost as well as them, uh, and uh, and then I do the the U.S. domestic stuff. Occasionally we kind of we we occasionally split up the tracks. You know, we'll look at the big list of who's running on Saturday, and I'll take uh, A through Z, A through J, and he'll take you know K through Z, and uh, and we'll kind of divvy it up that way. But like you said, we 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 try not to leave any stone uh, unturned. You know, we go to Fauner Park, and we'll look at races from Arapaho, and you know everywhere from Aqueduct to Santa Anita. 
Gulfstream, you know, everywhere. But we like to, we find some obscure horses, try to keep it fun, as fun as we possibly can. And I know it, a lot of people have commented like you that they use it kind of to maybe plan their day, you know, avoiding uh, things like getting your oil changed and uh, and uh, <laughs> shoveling snow and doing all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, it's, been, it's fun. It's, uh, you know, we work on it. I actually work on it for a couple of days. I start looking at it when the entries come out on maybe Wednesday and Thursday for some of the races. And then, you know, we kind of really kind of ratchet it down and figure out what races we're going to put in there. And we really, it doesn't matter. We can go $5,000 claiming races all the way up to, to grade one. So we really have no restriction and we kind of just do our own thing. It's our way to sort of preview the weekend. You know, I wish we could do it for Saturdays and Sundays, but obviously, as you know, it's, uh, you know, everything now is so, so centric to Saturday. So, right. That's, right. Uh, no, well, yeah, see, you, you, you took away my thunder because I was going to ask you the very question as to I yeah. figured that the duties were divvied up, especially when I see the jump racing. I know that the, the Clancy boys yeah. are really educated and uh, in, in that uh, study. And uh, mm-hmm. but what I really do like, Tom, and I can tell you, you know, I was like, this guy's got to be doing work days out. I mean, the stuff that you find, like I said, you know, <laughs> finding that horse yeah. at nine o'clock at Turfway Park, you know, last Saturday, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that was a neat one. I mean, that took some research and it was it's fun mm-hmm. to watch it. Uh, Julio Garcia was in the saddle for the win, just as, as I digress yeah. often. Um, he is an exercise rider for Wesley Ward. He is a former yeah. jockey and a good one, but he gives so many people. He is so eclectic in his choice of jockeys or selection, and he also gives a lot of people breaks, young apprentices and things like that that work under his shed row. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm cutting this guy a break, you know, and I'm I'm going to let him ride. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure. I, I've told this story on the air before. I'm not sure if I told it to you, but he came up to Belterra Park on a day when he had a horse in a graded stakes races races in New York, and he's he's at Belterra Park with Hootenanny, okay, yeah, who was making right. his comeback, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he had he had Julio Garcia with him, and. Uh, his nephew was one of our leading riders at the track at the time, so it was kind of a neat family reunion. And uh, so uh, I'm standing there in a stall with him going, how come you're here and not New York, you know? And uh, he says, well, this horse is really, really special to me. And it, he was giving him a nice allowance race on the turf in his comeback, so I think he just wanted mm-hmm. him to stretch his legs out. So he goes, Julio, your riding instructions are here. And I'm looking at him, and he looks down, and he flashes me his phone. Frankie DeTore was on the other line. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And he handed the phone, and he goes, okay, you got that, Julio? He goes, yep, I got that, boss, man. No problem. Gave a leg up, went out there. Man, it was scary at the half-mile pole. He's like, oh, shit, this horse going to get beat. And then all of a sudden, boom, you know, comes up at the wire, <laughs> never felt the whip, you know, great tightener. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Just, uh, you, know, you know, things like that, that, you know, I, I watched that race the other night strictly because of the research you had done. I'm like, I never would have known that horse was racing, you know, at yeah. nine o'clock at Turfway Park on a Saturday night. It's mm-hmm, great time. Mm-hmm. You do a fantastic job at researching these off the wall stories. And like you said, some of them might be, you know, a horse dropping down, you know, that had, you know, kind of a, a good reputation. And finally he's hitting the claiming ranks. It's like, oh, this is worth a watch. You know, why is he in this claimer and how many shakes yeah. might be for him? I mean, you do do your homework, my friend. Well, thank you. It's, uh, we, we love the, you know, 
we love the obscure. I mean, we kind of have a, a saying at our at our office during the summer when we're doing the Saratoga special is we kind of, you know, root for chaos. We say, you know, because we kind of like the, the <laughs> kind of like the stories that have never been told. You know, it was uh, it, 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 yeah, that's been the Clancy's personality with the paper uh, since they started it back in 2001. And I can even just remember uh, being like that from my days back at Thurber times. And even I remember when I was just starting out as a writer, just covering sports at the local paper in Saratoga, just kind of sort of liking it when there was like a big favorite in a ball game or something. And they were to get beat by a, by kind of a plucky upstart, if you will. Um, I like writing those stories because, you know, those stories have never really been written before. So it's kind of, it gives you an interesting angle. I remember the first Kentucky Derby I wrote for the for Thurber Times was the year War Emblem won for Baffert, and I was just kind of like, I, I don't want to say I was disappointed to do it, but I was kind of like, yeah, Baffert has already won the Derby like a few times. It's kind of like a you know kind of been down that road before. It was, uh, and then you know then the following year you had Funny Side winning a New York bread for those guys driving the bus and like that story right. became really well told, but. At the time, nobody had really told that story. Everybody thought Empire Maker was going to win, and that was going to be the story that was going to be kind of boring, you know? Not, bo- but not boring, but you know, uh, not as not as uh, you know, not as root for chaos. <laughs> so, um, you know, we we try to find those little cool little stories in, in the Saturday special, and and on occasion we'll do a follow up uh, uh, on our website. This is horse racing uh, after the fact, you know, like we started to do. We actually started to do a little thing called Monday, the Monday special, where we kind of try to recap uh, the races in our own unique way. Sometimes we just have a bunch of quotes, or sometimes we have a lot of uh, interesting statistics, or sometimes we have little anecdotes, little stories, things like that. There's really no, no, uh, no set formula or set sort of you know way to do it. And that's the best thing about working for a, working for the Clancy's and kind of working in a in an industry where we kind of have a small niche sort of publishing company where we can kind of do our own thing. We can do what we want. We don't have to make sure we have a, a recap posted at, you know, half an hour after the races are run. We can kind of digest it for a day or two and, and then uh, come back on Monday and then even come back. I just, I just put a story up today about a Philly that won a race uh, at Aqueduct on, on Saturday, uh, a Philly named Midnight Disguise. Uh, and I kind of just, got in touch with the breeders and the owners and got the whole backstory about the horse and, and did it that way. So, you know, we're not necessarily trying to, we might not be the site, the, the website to go to for breaking news, uh, but hopefully we can be the site that you can go to, to, to find interesting stories. You, you, you are. And what's great, Tom, I'll just real brief is, you know, yeah. there's writers and there's reporters. You guys are writers, you know, there's too many people out there right now that cut and paste, you know, you know, take it for someplace, put it up, here's the story. And then there's yeah. people that really get, you know, the meat off the bone, and, and that's you guys mm-hmm. for sure. Well, listen, we better do a little bit of looking yeah. at the, the future. I know that's one of the reasons a lot sure. of people listen to this uh, broadcast. Uh, the San Felipe, you know, I mean, we talked about mm-hmm. good magic. We got to talk about Bolt Oro, a horse that many yeah. thought – would be the two-year-old champion last year. Now, I have already heard, I haven't checked the weather. I hope it doesn't rain out there, that they may scratch him if it comes up uh, wet. Uh, but uh, Boldioro yeah. has been installed the tepid favorite at, at, at eight to five in, in the San Felipe. Uh, but then you've got, uh, you know, the sham winner, uh, McKenzie, Bob Baffert, danger, 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 taking the blinks off. 
most times he makes a change, you you, you got to keep it out. He took the blinks mm-hmm. off prior to the sham, and the horse rated a little bit and then just won big time. You also got to give credit when you see Mike Smith in there. And uh, Jerry Hollendorfer uh, might be worth a, at 6-1 to one, taking a look at that Canthanka. Uh, winner of the fa- San Vicente uh, has never been beaten at San Anita. He's a horse for course. Uh, mm-hmm. Those are the three that seem to come to the top in there. It, it, it's going to be interesting. It's it's really it's no gimme for Bolt Oro. Yeah, Allendorfer's horse, like you said, he he's sort of doing a similar thing to like you talked about, Strike Charmer uh, coming out of the seven for long graded stakes race, you know. And uh, I, I'm not mistaken, I think Nyquist did something similar uh, a couple of years ago. He ran a, a shorter race, and he came back and won the Florida Derby on the way to win the Kentucky Derby. This horse, uh, you know, he's an interesting horse. Uh, they, they spent 140 thousand dollars for him. He's uh, by Jimmy Creed. He's not a real you know notable stallion, but uh, West Point Thoroughbreds will have a big crew out there for sure. But like you said, it's, uh, I think it's McKinsey and, and it's, it's Bolt Dioro. Anxious to see about Bolt Dioro. Uh, I think I made a point uh, to somebody the other day that, you know, he won those two races and he was very impressive in there. But those races were September 4th and September 30th. And, you know, he hasn't won since, since then. I mean, I know, he, I know he ran in the Breeders' Cup. He had a terrible post there, post 11. He still ran really well to finish third. Uh, but he was not really in the race. Um, he was third. The first two, you know, good magic one, easy. Um, or at least it looked easy. But uh, they switched to Castellano, who breezed the horse the other day out there in California. They missed a wow. little time with him uh, earlier this year. So I- I'm anxious to see how he does in there. Yeah, well, all I can say is uh, he's drinking his cup of coffee in the morning because you look down here, you see two bullets, uh, best of 31, yeah. the March 5th. Best of 93 at Santa Anita. Yeah. And you know there's some horses working for furlongs yeah. at Santa Anita. And so he is yeah. on his toes. The work before that was out of the gate in 112. All, all the signs seem to be pointing that, yeah, he, he, yeah. he's back and he's the one to beat. We're going to find out. Uh, sixth race at Santa Anita to San Felipe, $400,000. Well, uh, on the other side of the world, uh, uh, Tampa yeah. Bay Downs. Uh, we've got the, uh, the the Tampa Bay Derby. Whoa, Todd Pletcher. He's won four of the last five runnings of the Tampa Bay Derby. So kind of hard to ignore anything he's racing in here. Um, the free drop Billy's entered, but I think he's going to end up in the Gotham, don't you? Yeah, he flew up. I think he, I think the plane. The, there's a plane from Arkansas. I went from Arkansas down to Florida and picked him up, I think, either yesterday or today, and he was on his way to New York. So he's going to run in the Gotham. Free okay. Dot, free dot Billy is. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you mentioned Vino Rosso. Uh, he seemed to be kind of the horse that everybody was talking about after the Sam F. Davis. Uh, made a nice late run kind of at the end. Looked like a horse that was moving forward. You know, obviously high-profile connections. Rapoli Stable, St. Elias. Uh, he's a curling. You know he's going to get better the further they go. Todd put puts blinkers on him in here. He actually won already at Tampa, and his race was his race was pretty good in the Sam F. Davis. Um, maybe the blinkers. I guess they're thinking keep him uh, keep him a little more engaged uh, early on. It seemed like he got a little lost maybe in the middle part of the race. But uh, Flame Away was the horse that won the Sam F. Davis, just kind of going all the way on the lead. And uh, you know, Catholic Boy could couldn't really run him down. Gave him a little bit of a try uh, around the turn. Um, I think there's going to be some horses in here that might keep 
uh, Flame Away company on the lead. The yes. Jason Service Horse uh, World of Trouble coming out of you know one turn sprints and um, I would I would expect to see maybe enticed in the race a little bit earlier. Um, you know, it, that, I don't think he's going to have it the same way, but uh, he's kind of a neat horse. I mean. He, uh, you know, he's won five times out of out of seven starts. That's that's pretty good on the floppy tracks, on fast tracks. He's done it. He's done it all over the place on the on the grass. I like him. I'm not sure. I mean, the last race is a mile of sixteenth, and this is a mile of sixteenth. Um, I think he could be on the number, but you know, like you said, I think Todd kind of has this race sort of zeroed in for his horse, and uh, he's going to be tough in here. All right, I got like two minutes to post, so we yeah. got to get the Gotham in. It's a legendary race. This will be the 66th running. It's a one-turn mild aqueduct, and uh, you know, in here, you know, with the way Romans has his horse going, free drop Billy, you know, scratch from the fountain of youth uh, to come in here. He's going to be dangerous. Uh, Dylan yeah. Davis, who's red hot up at Aqueduct, is going to have the call. And then you've got uh, Firen's Fire, uh, the horse who's the Rodney Dangerfield of the three-year-old. He don't get no yeah. respect. If you look at his odds, he's only been favored once, and he's won over half a million dollars. I know, I know. It's amazing. He, and he He's shortening back up to a a one turn mile, which I think is, uh, is good for him. I mean, he won, you know, he's, he won going the one turn mile there, two starts back at Aqueduct. He's a nice horse, but I like, I, I always thought free drop Billy would be probably a good horse at a mile at that extended long run mile. I thought I would, I was hoping they were going to maybe run him in one of those mile races down at Gulfstream. And he's short enough. He's run three straight races at two turns and his, his two races at Saratoga last summer, six furlongs and seven furlongs were pretty impressive. He makes that late kind of yeah. kick. And I think the the deep kind of track at Aqueduct is uh is gonna suit him a little better than where the the last the last three tracks he ran on. He even won the race at at Keeneland coming from off the pace. But Breeders Cup and, and the Holy Bull of course on a really tight, fast track. Um I think he's the one to beat in there. Obviously I'm I'm not giving you anything out of the ordinary. He's nine to five on the on the on the line, but you know the Romans has got him going good right now, so uh, I like the I like the one horse a little bit as a price dial operator, uh, sure. by dialed in who should appreciate the distance, and he's he's two for two for Jason Service. All right, we're talking to Tom Law. You want to go to This Is Horse Racing if you want the best menu in town for what's happening with thoroughbred racing. Also, the always great stories with, with Tom and the Clancy brothers. Thanks a million for being on. I love having you, brother. The time just flies away. We don't even take a commercial break when you're on this show. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, Tom Law. Appreciate it greatly. You got it, John. I'll see you soon, man. Yeah, yeah. See you at the Bluegrass, I hope. I also want to thank uh, Linda Linda Dyer for being with us. Remind you, go pick up your easy win forms. we got a slew of great racing here in North America this week. Thank you so much for listening to Winning Ponies. Pull down your easy win forms for Winning Ponies. Tom and Linda, I'm John Engelhart. I want to thank my producer, Josh. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.